What is going on, everyone? Welcome to this week's Pardon the Disruption. We hope that you had an amazing Thanksgiving. Uh, it has already been rowdy behind the scenes starting out. We're excited. I'm Matthew Potter. I am your host, uh, short sale guy, hedge fund connection, uh, as well as co-founder of the family tree over at Real Broker. Hit me up if I can help you grow your business. For those that are just tuning in for the first time, we're going to give you a breakdown of how we do things around here. We have five pre-selected questions. Each one of our panelists will get 45 seconds to go ahead and answer, and then two minutes to chop it up after that. Points are awarded uh, based off of best argument, or honestly, whoever I'm feeling is giving me the least amount of crap today. So we'll, we'll see how that's going to go. All right, we're going to start off with intros. Starting off, Richmond VA's very own Chris Jefferson. CJ, say hi to the people. <laughs> I like that, man. I might have to dub that into my, my intro, man. I like that. Uh, Chris Jefferson, Richmond VA, happy to be here as always. Uh, Leon, it's good to see you again. RJ, Steve, I hope you guys got some sleep. Potter, what up? Um, looking forward to today. Charge Up University. Uh, you know the vibes, man. Awesome, awesome. Next up, we have, I just learned this information during our uh, pregame. We have RJ Bates, official father. Leon G. Barnes, don't forget the G. Uh, that would be Daddy. Uh, daddy, that's right, Daddy. daddy. <laughs> What's up, everyone? Leon G. Barnes. We like to have fun on this show. Obviously, you can see right out of the gates. Good to see all my friends and you too, Steve. I'm um, looking forward to a great show today. CJ, looking crispy down there. I see that face. Looking good, my friend. Looking, looking super crispy today. Better watch out. That's that mango butter we sent that down there for. <laughs> Speaking of mango butter, coming to us from Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas, we have the one, the only, R.J. Bates, this, that, and the third. Introduce yourself. What's up, guys? R.J. Bates, third here from Titanium Investments. I'm excited to be back after taking a week off for Thanksgiving. Hopefully, you guys had a good holiday. And uh, just surprised that C.J., you know, upgraded his software so he could be crispy, and then he shows up with all 27 inches of his forehead showing off. Like, <laughs> you would have thought he would have put a hat on. Wow. So it's going to be an exciting PTD, though. Wow. We went there. You you called it a forehead. You could have you could have upgraded to five head, man. I mean, you know, just saying. <laughs> I'll take it, man. I'll take it. I'll take it. That's right. Last, certainly not least, we have Mr. Disruptor himself, Steve Trang. Introduce yourself. Steve Trang, Real Estate Disruptors, CloseMarcells.com. Uh, it was really refreshing to do a show last night. RJ put it together for the Al, Al Nicoletti show. It was, it was, it was uh, a lot of fun. Uh, come to find out that uh, Chris was not lying. He was telling the truth. His internet is actually better at night. I don't understand it. I don't understand why you can't get better internet during the day. But yeah, he looked amazing. So when it's webinar time, Chris's internet is crispy. Outside of that, I don't know exactly what he's doing. <laughs> it's it, man. It's it's when you're on that share plan, you know. You got yeah, everybody. Potter, you know how it goes, man. Yeah, you got you got to monitor the data usage, bro. <laughs> you just you just stuck. <laughs> All right, His internet was beautiful last night. It was beautiful last it, night. It was pretty clean, and it did. And I will say, it did not knock down the live stream on Facebook. So <laughs> we we appreciate that, CJ. <laughs> All right, we're gonna go ahead and start off with question number one. With NBA fans seemingly pleased with the NBA's in-season tournament format established this year, what's a business move you made this year that surprised you? Start us off, CJ. Uh, raise my prices. 
you know, uh, historically, I've, I always sold my products, coaching services, you know, for for pretty low prices. And, you know, coming into this year, we decided to drastically raise those prices. And I'd say it's the best decision I've ever made. Uh, I think that people take it more serious. I think people see more value uh, in things they pay more money for. Uh, and it creates more intentionality when people come into the program uh, to have them do what we're teaching. So uh, definitely raising the price, something I didn't think I'd ever do, uh, what we charge now to get into the program. But uh, it was definitely the best decision we've made so far this year. There we go. It's a bold move and it's paying off. All right. Leon G. Barnes, what about you? First of all, I have to question the question because I'm not sure that NBA fans, I include myself in that group, are happy with the in-season tournament or we're fans of it. I'm still a little confused, and I think it would be much, much better if you brought in outside leagues into the team and made it a true, uh, made it a true in-season tournament. That said, in my own personal business, um, I would have, and Steve and I have had many conversations about property management and how much uh, most of us hate property management, but I made a decision uh, this year to bring in uh, property management into my own personal business. And I was, I'm not going to lie, I was afraid. Uh, I was shaking in my boots a little bit um, with that transition uh, of taking that over. I had never, I think in four, four years, I had always used an outside uh, property management service and it's turned out to surprise me because it's 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 been pretty smooth because of the employee that I have in that role she's 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 awesome and she's also given me the opportunity to look at it from another side with a guy like Jimmy Breland to potentially turn it into a business opportunity in the future so yeah it's it's been a big surprise and a blessing there we go that's a bold move property management kudos to you on that one all right, RJ, what kind of bold moves are you making? You know, on Leon's point there with the, the NBA in-season tournament, I liked it. I thought it was fun. I really liked the, the unique course that they brought. So from another fan's perspective, I did like it, Leon. Um, as far as business goes, a couple of things. I did not come into this year thinking I was going to do another 50 deals, 50 states, 50 days challenge. Um, that was a, a great move for us as a business. It put me back in the seat as a player. Um, and, and coming from that really refined our processes so much so that then joining the family mastermind coming out of that after three years, we changed our entire education program from the titanium crucible um to the closers formula and it's, it's been a great journey for us we see the need of people needing to learn how to close deals virtually across the the country there's so much that goes into it. it's not just about closing it's about comping and underwriting and understanding the the different markets across the country and uh we've been able to reach so many more people because of that and all of that was a complete shock to me there we go no, no, no surprise that RJ is a fan of this in-season tournament, considering the fact he is basketball's number one hockey fan. So we got that going for us. All right, Steve, what about you? Uh, the biggest surprise for me was that we made a, uh, we all committed as an organization to be uh, a sales training first and foremost for 2024. Uh, I went to uh, the ClickFunnels event because Chris tricked me into going. Uh, and while I was there, <laughs> 
I saw an ocean of opportunity. You know, we do really well on the real estate side. And as great as we do on the real estate side, I see this whole marketing world and how much help they need. It's uh, the people that really thrive in the marketing world have a different skill set than people that run real estate businesses. And they need sales training way more than, than, than the people that buy houses. So I see a huge opportunity there. And so I, I, I think the biggest surprise was that we, uh, as an organization, pivoted to uh, harder to sales and closemoresales.com is going to be huge in 24. On that note, Steve, with you bringing up that the marketing world needs sales, the real estate investing or real estate investing education world needs better marketing. And CJ talks about this all the time about how he considers he identifies now as the internet marketer. Yeah, uh, this guy's crazy, man. <laughs> I, I swear to God, that's a quote of yours. I, I no, I love it. I love it. I love it. I, this nah, I mean, that's how, I, that's how I identify, bro. Yeah. Here, here comes that mature rating. I mean, shout out to Trang, bro. This world does need it, though. I mean, I, I just brought on someone for, for marketing for our education, and he essentially went through our entire industry and kind of laughed and said, the real estate investing education world is kind of in archaic times. So it's funny that you feel like the marketing world struggles on sales and uh, they feel like we struggle on the marketing side. I mean, CJ yeah. has been screaming this from the mountaintops. Like he, every time someone says uh, wholesale off the MLS, I think Chris rolls in his grave, right? Like I think no, it's I just, it, it just drives him absolutely bonkers. So yeah, I think that the marketing side is, because who's doing it well, right? Uh, those uh, New Reach, who's running Pace and Jamil's campaigns, Chris. I think that's the whole list. I think that's the whole list. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I'll comment on that real quick. I, I think that Steve's point is accurate, and I think RJ's point is accurate. When it comes to, you know, coaches, influencers in the real estate space, you know, what's happened is uh, in 2020, it wasn't that common for somebody to be shooting reels, shooting educational content, you know, things of that nature. When COVID happened, you know, everybody got a ring light and a camera uh, and became a content uh, person uh, when it came to this industry. And I, what's been missed in that is that there's actual marketing required to make it a business. Uh, and a lot of people are just shooting videos, shooting content, throwing it up and thinking that's going to create a business. And it just unfortunately doesn't necessarily. I can't wait until leon gets a ring light and starts dancing and pointing like like sam Brown. <laughs> i am looking I'm here forward for that. to that day man i you're gonna have to get me really drunk and i don't really drink like that so that, that'd um, be the best that would be the biggest surprise for 2023 if we can make that anyone happen. else during leon's answer realize that if leon ever wore a cowboy hat and when he said that had me shaking in my boots, he would be Woody from Toy Story. Hey, was, was anyone don't, else don't. surprised that the hockey guy said his favorite thing about professional basketball was the way the courts were painted? Anybody else surprised by that? It was cool. The one thing I hate. So cool. I actually enjoy. I actually enjoy the in-season tournament. The one thing I hate about the in-season tournament is the courts. That's probably the thing I hate the most about so, it. I, I actually like fun. that they've differentiated. That has helped fans understand that it's an in-season tournament game. But 
um, I, I'm always looking at it. where could they have made this better? Uh, and this is their first year. So I, I know that they want to hear, you know, I, I've got a bat phone into the uh, New York offices and, and Adam uh, Silver. The, yep. The first thing that I would say is you take the top two teams from the biggest leagues, Euro League, NBA, and you figure out a way to put those top two or three teams in that tournament and do it no different than European soccer does. Now, now you're working with something that has has legs. Yeah, no one I'm cares the about idea guy. other countries. What can I say? No one cares about the other countries. Sure hey, be, be easy over there. Where's the best players in the NBA coming from right now? And they're staying in, in, in the NBA because they're not good over there. Right. But think if you could have seen Luca at 17 in that tournament versus LeBron at 17. You, hey, did you, you see that Luca pass? Did you see that Luca pass through LeBron's legs, Chris? That was an incredible pass. That's nah, I didn't see that. I didn't oh. see that. I got to look for that. Oh, check it out on Bleacher yeah. Report. Megged him for sure. <laughs> Outstanding. All right. I'm going to take this one to the chat. And RJ is starting off with his VAs today, voting feverishly. Point to RJ Bates the third. So we're going back old school voting, apparently. Yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Hey, I'm just bringing it back to something familiar for you guys. Bring right out of back. The gate. Yeah, Bring there we go. Back. All right. Negative points for Steve, per usual. Here we go. All right. Question number two for today. What are you thankful for this year? Here we go. There better be some good answers here. All right. Start us off, RJ. I'm going to go with all the people closest to me in my life, including each one of you guys on this panel. Um, you know, you guys have actually become, you know, friends of mine. Uh, different points of time, I've had conversations with each of you um, about different things going on just in life, uh, business. Um, you know, this the beginning of this year was hard for me. I was in a rut with everything that went on with the TV show and, and just everything like that. That was mentally exhausting for me I, I didn't think it would be or it was um and, and then outside of that just other people in this industry that i quite frankly didn't have any sort of relationship with previously but because of opportunities that have come um, i've established more friendships with and opportunities that have grown so really for me just this year when i look back it'll be all of the people that came into my life that have laid a foundation for what the future looks like moving forward. Wow. Love that, dude. When's the Hallmark special coming out? Let's go. <laughs> PTD on Hallmark Channel. Right. All right, Steve, what about you? I'm going to say a lot of the same thing. You know, uh, the when we started PTD uh, a year and a half, two years ago, it wasn't we were just expecting this to kind of be like some goofy show. Let's see if this lasts, see how, how it goes, whatever. And they've all created incredible uh, bonds, right? I've, I think I've de developed stronger friendships with everyone except for Jimmy. I think Jimmy is just an outcast, so I'll just leave him over here. <laughs> but everyone else <laughs> created better friendships with. I'll give uh, I'll give something else too, and this is, might be kind of weird, but like uh, I was, I want to say about ten seconds away from getting T-boned, right? Like someone ran a red light the other day, and it's like you, you know, like your life flashes before your eyes, right? So it was me, Emily in the backseat, and then Vivian and Amelia in the car. So it was me and my three girls, like. I am thankful for like, you know, sometimes you just got to be thankful when, you know, bad things don't happen and just watching someone just fly through a red light at an intersection right before I got to it is like, you know, you can only think of, you know, horrible thoughts. So I'm incredibly thankful really to be here and be here with all you guys. Damn. 
We're going to go into the feelings bag on this one. All right, CJ, what about you? You got to take it up a notch. Let's go. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, I think those are all great points, really. Uh, for me, I'm really thankful for like opportunities to fail. Um, you know, I'm, I'm constantly in, in my life just trying to seek out failure in different ways. Uh, and, and in growing a business, you know, uh, we kind of talked about this. Or I mentioned this a little bit last night, like failure is just a part of that. And so I'm constantly trying to seek it out. And I'm, I'm thankful that we can find it, absorb it, uh, make adjustments, make changes uh, and, and keep fighting and climbing, you know, to the levels that we're trying to get things to in different ways. Uh, and, and some people, you know, when I think about that, like some people can't say that, like some people, one failure, one, you know, one thing going the wrong way can just wipe you out. It could just completely crush your business. Uh, so I'm thankful to be able to, to, to absorb things and, and keep going. There we go. All right. Next up, Leon, what about you? What are you thankful for this year? Man, I am uh, I'm blown away. Uh, I thought RJ was actually going to shed a tear. It would have been a first uh, in his life, I think. <laughs> um, I, I'm very thankful for a lot of the things. Obviously, um, we're all thankful to be alive, um, you know, to be alive at this time, you know, uh, with all of the resources we have available to us, you know, um, as human beings. It's an unbelievable time to be alive. Um, and I, I'm going to um, go along the lines of what, you know, RJ and Steve said in regards to family and friends, I count my friends, including all of you guys as family. Um, and I'm so thankful that the people that I surround myself with, um, I don't have anyone that tears me down. Um, those people don't necessarily stay around long um, because I'm, I'm someone that's always, you know, trying to build others up and I require the same from others. Uh, the word can't doesn't, in, 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 it's not in our vocabulary. And I think that we talk a lot about being in a community, regardless of what community you're in, surround yourself with people that empower you and that when you're having those bad days uh, can give you uh, that, that little bit of a bump that you need. Because uh, honestly, all of us are pretty successful on this, on, on this show. But, you know, as humans, there are days that we have bad days as well. And surrounding yourself, I'm thankful that I have a community that is always, always helping me uh, continue to ex excel instead of building me, uh, building me up instead of down. Yeah. And as, just to add on top of that, what Leon said, I love the opportunity to tear RJ down. Like, I'm really <laughs> for that. Um, so last night I was RJ was upset because I was saying he was a closer, not a cleaner. Like we, he's been screaming from the mountaintops like he's a closer so i was like yeah he's not a cleaner and he kept this look right here he kept giving this look last night on facebook i don't know why it's like you're not a cleaner you're a closer like what i don't understand <laughs> on that note steve i, I was gonna say here we you go talk, you talked about um you know avoiding that car wreck um last tuesday i had a a live on my youtube channel scheduled with carlos reyes and I ordered lunch right like an hour before. First bite I took of the shrimp, which is what I ordered for lunch, got stuck in my esophagus. And I was literally choking in the front yard of our office for 45 minutes straight. Um, and it was one of those moments where like I was I was actually frightened at different points in time where I'm like, dude, am I about to have to go to the hospital? Mm -hmm. I've done it one other time in my life on a piece of steak and it was just so scary 
then eventually it fixed itself. Then I just carried on with, with my day, but it was one of those things of like, man, you never know when your time's going to get called. So being thankful for every single moment that we have is just something that we take for granted. I'm going to tell you, RJ, what I tell my 11 year old son. Slow down. Chew your food, man. You can't just swallow two <laughs> Cut it into Bro. smaller bites. Viking oh, bites, did. man. Viking bites. Slow down. Viking Listen, bites? Yeah. yeah I, I don't know. I can't imagine the funeral. Like, man, like, what happened? What got RJ? <laughs> a shrimp. shrimp. Not Long even King Kong. Long John Silver's got RJ. <laughs> LJS almost took out RJ yeah. RJ Bates, dude. RJB. I'm just saying, if that would have happened, Justin would have given my eulogy and saying, It's all karma, dad. It's all karma. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, I got to ask real quick because this is uh, something I, I, I have to know everyone's favorite thanksgiving dish like what's your go-to thanksgiving since we're talking about what we're thankful for last week being thanksgiving one thing that is your go-to man can we can we also give the one that we wish would go away sure sure. (laughs) turkey bro turkey sucks i don't understand why It's, it's just no this well, is the pictures yeah no turkey on my plate this year man mac and cheese man you gotta have the right mac and cheese 100%. Can't be everybody's mac and cheese, though. Nah, nah, nah. It, it can't be It can't be RJ's mac and cheese, bro. It just can't. Man. It just can't. Craft. That, that, Velveeta, that Velveeta ain't what we eat over here, man. That craft, brother. You know, we don't do all that stuff over here. Man. Yo, shout out to salt and pepper and seasoning for sure. But what I, what I, what I will say, nah, shout out to seasoning for sure, man. But what, what I, but potato souffle too, man, with the roasted marshmallows on top. If you don't know, get in touch with somebody That's it. That's of the a one. certain hue and what will put you on game, man. That's the one. Sweet potatoes with marshmallows uh, broiled on the top. That's that's the go-to. Yes, sir. Steve doesn't have one. He I was going to say, that could be question number six. I think Matt's lost control of the show. If we got to answer this question, soup, I mean, for me, it's just pumpkin pie. I, I don't care about anything else. I just need my pumpkin pie. I mean, that could have been a worse answer. Pumpkin pie is a good one. I don't think there's a lot of answers that are worse than that, though. Let's be honest, Leon. I know, man. Pumpkin pie is pretty good. Eh, I don't know. Um, that's, it's kind of there with turkey, man. Man, really? I'm going to I'm gonna have all right. to invite all, all y'all to so, our Everything house. I said about part of the disruption and being thankful for you guys, like this, delete that from the episode. <laughs> We're getting a new group of people that like pumpkin pie. Like, that's going to be in the clear. interview. We need RJ to edit that. Clearly <laughs> not fans of Thanksgiving if you don't like turkey and pumpkin pie. Come yeah, on, you guys bro. are heartless. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. The the right people. side of my screen over here, I'm gonna have to control alt delete them, restart <laughs> them over here. Um, my man says shout out to seasoning. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. <laughs> All right, just, just for the shout out to seasoning, I'm gonna throw the points to CJ on that salt and pepper oh, and the man. shout out to seasoning. All right, <laughs> we're gonna get into question number three now. Um, I'm interested to see what you guys got to say about this one. Is Aaron Rodgers returning too fast? An example of toxic work and uh culture. Start us off, CJ. 
No, I think Zach Wilson as your quarterback is a toxic work culture, man. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I think that you know, Aaron. When this when Aaron Rodgers went down in the first game of the season, this team became completely deflated. Uh, you've got Garrett Wilson, who's a complete stud at wideout, uh, who hasn't had any opportunity to showcase himself this year. I think the team is going to rally behind Aaron coming back. I don't know that it makes sense for him. But if I'm Aaron Rodgers, probably the thought I would think maybe is this is probably his last shot, uh, and he probably wants to go out playing. And, and I can't ever knock anybody for that. I think it's going to rally the locker room. Uh, I don't think they've got playoff chances still, if I'm not mistaken, but uh, I think it'll be good for team morale in the long term going into the offseason, and that means a lot too. There we go. All right. One vote for not toxic. All right, Leon, what about you? Yeah, I agree. I think it's the complete opposite. He, if you watch Hard Knocks, um, he was, um, you know, the culture that he set and working with the young players, um, they were on the up and up until two plays into the season. Uh, and I also think this is greatness, and, and this can be related back to business. When you have, you know, high-level performers within your organization, they're just different. They're cut from a different cloth. Um, and you have to rally behind them. You have to treat them a little bit differently. As Jimmy Johnson used to say, I'm going to treat you all fair but not equal. I think A.A. Ron is just he's – a, he's a Hall of Famer. That's what he is. Uh, and this is him saying, I'm going to prove that, you know, you know he's big on natural medicine versus, you know, um, uh, farm, big pharma, which, by the way, he works for. Johnson and Johnson is who owns the Jets, but this is Aaron being Aaron and a Hall of Famer just saying, I'm going to make it back. So I think it's the complete opposite of toxic. There we go. In inspirational, if you will. All right, RJ, what about you? Yeah, what the kind of snowflake question is this? This question definitely was written by Steve Train. That's all I'm saying. 100%. <laughs> right here, proved right here, Steve Train voted for Joe Biden. This question. <laughs> Whoa. Joe Biden is Steve Trang's president because of this question right here. Okay? You back off uh, of Biden. He no, said nothing it's wrong. Not a toxic work culture. No, this is a sign of uh, the man cares about his team and his teammates and his legacy. And he worked his ass off to get back to be the leader that he was meant to be for this organization. The reason why he is a part of the New York Jets. Um, I don't think there's anything toxic about this whatsoever. I think it's inspira inspirational, like someone else said. Um, your turn, Snowflake. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course Am it is amazing. toxic work culture. Of course it is. <laughs> All right. Um, to Steve. <laughs> so, no, it's not an exa example of toxic work culture. But what it is an example of is all these guys are working too hard. So we actually talked about this last night on Al's show, right? The rest of us. We go too hard. We don't know how to slow down. We don't know how to take it easy. We don't know what to do with ourselves when the thing we care most about isn't available to us, whether you're on vacation or you're doing something else, like you just want to get back to work. And I think that's what this is an example of. This is an example of uh, being, you know, I say workaholic, but not with negative connotation, but that's just kind of how we are. We're wired to keep going, going, and going. We don't know how uh, to slow down. RJ, for you, right, this is what a cleaner looks like. Right. Someone that's going to do what they have to do to get the job done. So I think he's being a role model specifically for RJ to, to inspire see. him. I see. My question <laughs> is, why are, why are you thinking that this is because he works too hard? Why else? are 
your season's over. Why are you risking yourself? Like the 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 reasons to come back from an Achilles injury, nah, when your season's nah. over, Ooh, there's boy. no benefit. There's no upside. Your team sucks. Yeah, there, is, there is, man. It's it's at the end of the day, every night we all got to go to sleep, regardless of everything else in our lives, regardless of our children, family, significant others, everything, and we got to settle up with ourselves on where we feel like we're at, on what mm-hmm. we set out to do. And I, th- what I see is somebody that's like to come back from an Achilles tear in 18, within 18 weeks is like, I mean, I think it's unheard of if I'm not mistaken. Like, I don't know somebody else that's come back that fast from the this. Fastest Terrell Suggs. Yeah, he, you're right. All right. Terrell Suggs did come back like crazy. I think he went to the same doctor as, as Terrell Suggs, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. But like, I think he's just proving to himself who he, who he believes that he is. And I think there's something to be said for that. Well, if something you to be said that, but for what? But but if you look back at the history, two things. Number one, he was an underdog coming out. He was, you know, passed over by his hometown team in San Francisco 49ers, and they picked Alex Smith with the number one overall pick. And so he had all automatically had a chip on his shoulder, and he went to a team with a Hall of Fame quarterback where he had to sit for years, right? Then when he left that organization, what's the biggest thing they questioned? They questioned his his, his um, him being a part of the team and – um, wanting, he was talking about, they were talking about retirement and all these things. So as a hall of fame level talent, again, I'm going back to business. This is something that he wants to prove this, not to anyone other than himself. Now with that comes quieting all the doubters, right? But this is about him wanting to, to prove something, especially remember if you've ever heard him on any of the podcasts with McAfee, he talks about a lot about natural healing remedies and things of that nature. And so this is this is another shot against uh, vaccinations and things like that that he was big against. So there's a lot of different factors of why he's doing this, not just. One. So my point is that his season's over. However, a counterpoint, Matt, do you remember the house we went to when I was on crutches? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you remember why I was on crutches? Keeley's. I tore my Achilles tendon, right? So I was yep. recovering from an Achilles injury. So I get a call from a lead and she's like, hey, I want to sell my house. I was like, uh, shoot. Well, I need to go, but I am literally defenseless, <laughs> right? I'm on crutches. I can't even walk. Call Potter. Hey, uh, you want to go with me on this appointment just in case anything crazy happens? We bought the house, right? It was a great deal, but <laughs> going to a house with a, with a, Achilles tendon that was recently put together. That was Hold a lot on. of fun. Let me get this straight. Mr. Snowflake said that he was defenseless. Like, <laughs> you brought a bodyguard with you? <laughs> you see, Matt, he looks uh, a lot tougher than a guy on crutches. Didn't you have crutches. last night you got like a black belt in jujitsu or something? You have a weapon. You have crutches. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. I mean, one dog all, jumps on you on crutches. How are you guys doing? All two grams of respect <laughs> I had for you just went away, bro. Okay. So when I talk about the reason not to come back is that it's really easy to re-rupture the Achilles when it's been reattached. Of course. Of course. Right? That's the reason why I say that. And that's the reason why I had a bodyguard with me. Steve, Steve's got the PTSD. He's got he, he's got the PTSD. It's still fresh in his mind. <laughs> I that remember that. Deal, though. That was one of those deals. I wish we had more often. Hey, I want to sell my house for twenty five percent of market value. Can you come over? Yes. 
This whole question was written so Steve could tell us about the time that he tore his Achilles and went off in the contract. That's what this question was about. Yo. I'm just imagining Steve pulling up to somebody's house on crutches. He's probably got like, he probably went old school, like bandage over the shoe, you know, like over the clothing, you know. Looking like a water moccasin. Yeah, yeah. And and he's just. Fake blood on the, on the, on the yeah, dude. Like, can you please help me hey, out, like, please? This please, is a Kurt Schilling incident, right? I showed up with a bloody sock. Remember, though, <laughs> he had to turn out of the car like this, set his legs out on the street, and then grab Potter's hands. Grab <laughs> Potter, lift him up. No, 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 no. Oh, hey, bro. come on, dude. come on now. I had his wife drive him there. I met no. <laughs> Stop it. I met Potter at the house. Stop. Oh man. Yeah, um, shout out to handicap Steve though, man. <laughs> but that's the workaholic component I'm talking about, right? Like I think this is a sign that we don't know how to stop. We don't know when to slow. I should have just handed off that lead to someone else. No, nah, I would have been out there on crutches too, but I'm a lunatic, man. You know, so. I, I would just in this particular case, last point here, I would just argue that that's his job. His job right now is to rehab to get back. He just happens to be doing it a little faster than usual. But that's his job. He's not doing anything extraordinary. He's that's trying to get back up. to get on the court and he's be, or on the field, and he's being paid for it handsomely. Well, last by Johnson and Johnson. By Johnson. If that lead called in, I would have closed it plus three more before Steve even got to the house because I know how to close <laughs> that phone. That's it. <laughs> Yo. All right. On that round, uh, I don't know if everybody saw it, but Leon, can you give me the the crutch shuffle, the Steve crutch? There we go. <laughs> that right there, that right you there know. is your winner. That's your winner right there. He said, what would I do if the dog jumped on me? You got two crutches. Get the dog off you, man. You guys have way stronger senses of balance than I do. I, I don't know. Steve, Steve is Steve. Definitely is he's stable as a tree, consistent as a tree now these days. It, it must be his his forged friendship with Mister Viking over there. Um, all right, before we get into question number four, quick uh, word from one of our sponsors. Steve and the folks at Sales Disruptors are extending their epic Black Friday sale until this weekend. For $17, you can sign up for Steve's community. That's over $10,000 worth of value from his courses, coaching calls, resources, the whole works all at that low price. So pretty much your first month is 80% off and you're getting all of this. So go to salesdisruptors.com slash Black Friday and take advantage now. All right. Question number four, gentlemen. Oh, this one, this one should be great. Should you hire family members or close personal friends to work for your business? Start us off, Leon. Yes, you should, with one caveat. You should if you put them through the exact same hiring process that you would put a normal employee through. Vetting them properly will allow you to understand if you are hiring them for the right seat. Wrong butt, wrong seat. I don't care if they're a family member or not, isn't going to work. So if you put them through the exact same hiring process, I've seen it work at a super high level. We have tons of members within the Collective Genius that have brothers and sisters and husbands and wives that are working together, uh, very family-oriented businesses that thrive. 
But if I've seen it go awry, it's typically because they go, I'm going to hire my brother because he's my brother and he's unemployed. And I'm going to put him in acquisitions when he has no business in acquisitions. So the answer is yes, with the caveat of putting them through a normal hiring process. Beautiful. Treat them exactly the same, no different. That's the way it should be. All right, RJ, what about you? I think you should hire whoever is the best person for the job. So if it's a family member or a close friend and they're the most qualified candidate for the job, then yes, you should hire them. Um, I don't think you should intentionally try to only hire or go out specifically to hire a family member and close friend just to hire a family member or create a position for a family member and close friend. I think it should be the business need is there. You are hiring. And like Leon said, put them through the process. If they are the best candidate, then yes, you should hire them. All right. All right. Steve, what about you? You hiring family and friends? Well, it hasn't worked yet. Um, <laughs> now I can't say I've done it correctly. So bring in my wife. That didn't work because she's in charge at home. So you can't hold her accountable at the office because you're going to hear about it at home. And then with my dad, I thought he'd be an excellent realtor. That didn't work out. So we learned a lesson and we had my brother go through the entire process like Leon suggested. Right? We did the PI, we did the screening call, we did the interviews and all this and that. That didn't work either. So I'm sure there's a good answer. I'm sure there's a way to make it work. I have not figured that out. So for me, I'm 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 not saying I'll never do it again, but probably not doing it again. So what we've learned is Trang Holdings is just Steve Trang Holdings. Uh, that's what that is right there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, CJ, what about you? What are your thoughts? Nah, Trang Holdings sounds crazy. I like that. Um, <laughs> no, I mean. I don't know, man. I, I don't think so personally. Uh, if they're the right person for the job, I mean, I agree with what Leon and RJ said. Uh, but I mean, I enjoy peace and peace of mind. Uh, and there's already enough to worry about. Uh, I think that's a, a, an additional layer of expectations and feelings and emotions uh, you got to deal with on, on things like that. So, I mean, if they're the best fit, then yeah, I mean, it does make sense. But uh, they've got to really be a great fit. Uh, you know, it's not like we're trying to, you know, it's not like RJ, right? Like, it's not like you wear a size four shoe and uh, you, you're trying to squeeze your foot into a three, you know, uh, and trying to make it work. Uh, shout out to the people with small feet, man. Shout out to them. Uh, what? Shout out to RJ, man. Shout out to RJ in the kids session at Foot Locker, man. But if it's got to it's gotta be, it's got to make sense. And it's got to make a lot of sense. Uh you know, I mean, you want to see somebody at home and you got to see them all day, too. I, I don't know, man. That, that could get stressful. It's kind of oh. like the what they talk about in Saipa, right? George Costanza is like you got the girlfriend world, you got the friend world and never shall the two meet. I like George Costanza. Man. Yeah. It's a great show right there, too. I, I think what's today <laughs> to add to what I said earlier, um, there's another layer there that you have to have some robust dialogue. You have to have some upfront conversations about. Um, the way it's just no different than when I'm coaching my son in basketball It's like, Hey, I'm going to be harder on you um, because I'm coaching you because that's the standard that people have to know that I'm not giving you um, unfair treatment. Right. So you have to have that dialogue up front and your family member or your friend is not okay with that. 
then again, then it's probably not the right fit. I, I have seen it go both ways. Um, Steve's right. It is not easy. Um, I have had situations where I have a rock star employee that comes to me and says, hey, my husband would be great at this role. And I simply say, look, if that person up front, if your husband is as great as he says he is, he'll be here for a very long time. But if he doesn't work out, we end up hiring him. He doesn't work out. Then just know that I'm not losing you because he can't get the job done. So if you're willing to go through that, then we can have that conversation. So you've got to have some different level conversations to set proper expectations up front when, when, when hiring friends and family. But Leon, think about like, we've had conversations about this, right? Like you guys can be the best of friends and then we partner up. And then after the partnership ends, it's just not the same. Yeah. I mean, no, it doesn't, never the same. Never the never same. Never the same. All right. I mean, couldn't the same thing happen after you fire? Yes. That's why you family. have that conversation up front. But partnership is different than hiring. Employee. This is saying, would you hire? I think that's no, it's all. totally different. I'm just saying it's totally different. I get that. I'm just asking, do you run the risk of the similar outcome? Yeah, I think so. I mean, listen, we hired Cassie's mom to work for us. She worked for us for several years, and then she decided to go a different career path. It didn't work out bad because she's not with us any longer. We've also hired friends, especially when we were new entrepreneurs. I think this is more of one of those questions about like, <laughs> hey, I'm new as an entrepreneur, and I have someone willing to work for me. You know, that's rare, especially in a new company. This is where you get those family and friends. I think that's where you have to be careful that you're just hiring because it's a warm body to fill a seat and it's not necessarily the right fit. Those are the mistakes that we made yeah. early on where it was just anybody that was willing to work for us, we were willing to take. A great example of the, what, what you're talking about there, RJ, is, uh, at our select level, people that are doing you know four or five deals a month are looking to get to double that. A lot of them start out with you know like a retired um you know, father, mother that is doing letters and direct mail and things like that. And they know it's a temporary thing. And they've had, again, those conversations of, hey, I'm going to handle this for the first, you know, two years of the business. Again, you've had that conversation up front and set expectations. It's crucial that you do that. There we go. All right. On this round. Uh, going to go ahead and award points to CJ and Steve on this one, actually, uh, for pretty much splitting the same answer. RJ, don't make that face, dude, or, you know, it, it ain't going to happen. Like, I swear to God, I will send some Long John Silvers to you, and it'll be there before the end of the show. You better calm down. Cassie, get... Cassie, give me the address for Uber Eats. I agree with Strat Daddy. The only reason why you nah. gave Steve a point right now is because he likes people that are vaccinated. He'll only hire you if you're vaccinated. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> Get out of here. Strat's no longer on the show. Yeah. <laughs> He's off the bench. He got cut. He doesn't know yet, but he got cut. <laughs> He's going to go back to the CBS network at 1 a.m. games. That's where he's going to be. Yeah. yeah, go do some color commentary at the Fresno State game. Get out of here. He's trying to rush for 
25 yards against the NFL line right now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he's, he's trying to blast through. All right. Real quick before we get to our next question, another word from another one of our sponsors. This episode of Pardon the Disruption is sponsored by the Family Tree of Real Broker. If you are looking to make a change in your real estate business, check out therealfamilytree.com and schedule your collaboration call with us. We will help you grow your real estate business. All right. Next up. We have, let's see what, what our next question will be. Uh, we have question number five. Over the weekend, uh, Nardo Wick's security guard beat up a fan trying to take a picture with the artist. How should you react as a business owner if someone in your organization mistreats a customer? Start us off, CJ. Uh, somebody in your business mistreats a customer, you fire them immediately. Uh, I think that, and I've experienced this recently, right? I think sometimes people forget when they're in a service-based business uh, and how important customer service is, how important it is when you interact with your customers. Uh, and, and oftentimes what happens is sometimes we get so caught up in who we are or what we're doing or what we've accomplished over time that we we forget that we, we, we offer services to clients uh, in many ways. And if, if this guy's a musician, right? I think RJ came up with this question. If this guy's a musician, right? Uh, you know, the, somebody who's buying his music, somebody who's supporting him, coming to his concert, uh, that's a customer, right? And he's in a service-based business in a way where, yes, he's an artist and being creative, but uh, people are paying him for something. I'm, and interacting with people is a part of that. So, yeah, I think you fire them ASAP. Yes, this was RJ's question. It originally had Jelly Roll in it, but we updated it. <laughs> yeah, that the Jelly Roll. <laughs> yeah, RJ kind of looks like Jelly Roll. That's crazy. Oh, my Yo. God. That's crazy. I just caught that, man. Let's tat him up, Cassie. <laughs> RJ with hockey face tats, man. Hockey stick tick face tats. Someone mute him. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Next up, Leon G. Barnes. What are your thoughts? Well, first of all, I'm happy uh, that I know who this is because um, had it not happened here in Tampa, that's where this incident happened, I would not know who that artist was. So that tells me I'm getting old. Um, I, I have the same answer as CJ with one exception. Uh, we had the video of this incident. Uh, bodyguard beat the kid up pretty, pretty bad. Um, and the artist came out and apologized and is doing all kinds of things, obviously, for the fan and his family and trying to, you know, offset a, a lawsuit. Uh, but in that particular case, we had all the facts. I have to have all the facts. If I have vetted and I have a team member that's been with me for a significant amount of time and I trust that individual before I terminate, I have to make sure that I have all the facts. Is there a recorded call? Are there witnesses to the event? Because I know the saying that the customer is always right, but we also know in certain situations, customers can be um, in the wrong. So I just want all the facts. I want to make sure that I vet the situation first. And if there was an incident that broke core values, then you terminate immediately after you know the facts. There we go. The in-depth dive per use by Leon. We appreciate it. We need information, man, to make decisions. Hey, you're always the most informed on the panel. That that we know for a fact. All right, RJ, what about you? I know you, you're chomping over here. You're ready to answer. What you got? Yeah, I think this is an interesting question because 
it says mistreats a customer. And as someone that was a manager and customer service for eight plus years, there's a lot of different variations of mistreating a customer, right? It could be uh, a miscommunication. Hey, they said something the wrong way. They offended somebody by saying something. This is where having like an employee handbook and having like an actual HR process on how you handle these situations. Some situations are going to be, hey, we're writing you up for this, or this is your one warning on doing this. If it's something to the degree of, hey, it's uh, potentially, you know, threatening to the future of the business, like obviously laying hands on someone, then yes, it should be fired. But I think, you know, as a business owner, you need to make preparations on the different levels of how things can be escalated. Not everything should lead to immediate termination just because someone was, quote unquote, mistreated. Could you imagine RJ is the head of HR? Yeah, I was just thinking about RJ as a customer service, like manager. Wow. Customer service. I could, could you imagine him being the guy that's got to take the escalated call? you got a problem it's RJ. hello this is rj what's your complaint yeah, <laughs> yeah no you're wrong <laughs> no what i have been jelly roll and apparently i have small feet which is it's not small all right yeah it's not, RJ, somebody just texted food. me on Calm the side somebody dm me on ig and said you're stuffing your boots man <laughs> <laughs> putting tissue in your boots man Yo, all right, Steve, what are your thoughts? So I think it really comes down to the magnitude of the situation, right? Um, I think RJ and Leon gave some really thoughtful answers. You got to figure out and investigate what, what exactly we're we talking about here. And generally speaking, I will default to the side of my team member, right? I will see, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. So I don't figure out exactly what's going on because uh, if a client is upset, but our guys didn't do anything wrong. I'm going to lean with my guy. If the client got extremely disrespectful and says some things that cross the line, I'm going to have a learning opportunity conversation with my team member. If is a situation like apparently alleged in this video, not only are we going to fire the guy, we're going to have security escort him out. So it really depends on the magnitude. But all in all, if you look at like the top companies uh, that that operate. They lean on the side of it's not a customer is always right, right? We treat our team members well. We treat our team members respectfully, knowing that that will translate to treating customers well, right? But this whole thing of the customer is always right. I don't know exactly when that started, but that's not that's not the reality. We want them to feel right, but they are definitely not always right. My theory on the customer is always right is this started in the customer service industry, restaurants, bars, things like that. And the theory was we're not going to have high level employees and we're pretty, you know, low cost on whatever our food is, our beverages. Customer's always right. So if they complain, just give it to them. That way, the low quality employee we have. We're not trusting you to think on your feet. Just give it to the customer and move on. That's my theory. Did the head yeah, of HR I, just call his employees low quality? Is that what I just heard? I, I don't necessarily <laughs> think it, it's, it's a matter of the, the customer always being right, but just the context of the video, right? You got a kid 
who's walking up on an artist that he just, it seems like paid to see. All right. And he's trying to solicit or get an autograph. I think we've, we've all been there. I mean, as excited as, you know, RJ gets talking about random hockey people, you know, that he bumps into, uh, you know, I think he got a picture with one of them. It's like, that's, that's normal, right? Like people are going to do that. Like if you're, if you're known, if you're famous, you know, I don't know if anybody's ever walked up and wanted to get a picture with RJ or not, but it, when people know who you are and want to get a picture, you know, that comes with it, right? The people that are employed by you, they should, your bodyguards that are there to protect you, they should have awareness of what that looks like. They should be aware of how to analyze if this person's a threat or not. In the video I saw, I only watched it once, but the kid wasn't walking up like he was some sort of threat in any no. in any shape or form. So it's not, I'm not making the point that the customer's always right. I'm making the point that in in, in business, when we're, we're offering services to people, uh, we, we should be aware of customer expectations and we should be aware if we're meeting those expectations or not. Well, going back I did. To, uh, I did take a picture with RJ in Tampa, and Cassie tried to hug me. Like I was, I wasn't sure that I was mistreatment. <laughs> I was very concerned for my safety. Yeah. <laughs> to go back to add to what you said, Steve, um, on trusting um, our employees, uh, I can tell you from experience when you have put people through a vetting process and you really trust that they are high level and they're going to do the job the right way, there's no better way to build culture, the right culture, when employees know you as an owner or an executive within the company always have their back first. That doesn't mean they didn't do anything wrong, but when you have their back, they will run through brick walls for you. And generally, to RJ's point, they won't make bad decisions uh, unless provoked by something that a customer said that was, you know, honestly, more than likely in the wrong. All right. That was uh, that was a good round there. We're going to go ahead and give it to Mr. Size Fours over there. Mr. RJ Bates. This, that, and the third. Little fella. The size threes. <laughs> this, that, and the size threes. You don't even make size threes. It's not a big. <laughs> Youth. Youth. How do you know, RJ? How do you know? Oh <laughs> uh, man, this is great. All right. Hey, we're coming we're coming down. We have question number six. I'm excited for this one. This one's a tiebreaker. Who knows? Maybe I pull out the five pointer out of the bag. I don't know yet. We're gonna see how this goes. Let's just incite chaos. As a business owner, how do you feel about Elon's remark to all the corporations that stop posting on X and they stop spending advertising money, essentially telling them he can't be blackmailed with money? Start us off, RJ. <laughs> it's funny because you started this by saying, uh, let's have chaos in this. This kind of reminds me of uh, that scene in The Dark Knight with Joker when he lights all the money on fire. He's like, I'm an agent of chaos. It's kind of like what Elon Musk is doing right now. You know, he's like, you cannot buy me. I, I, I listen. The guy's at the point right now where he's going to do whatever he wants to do, and it seems like he's constantly. I mean, on this show, it's like once a month where we have an Elon Musk question. It's like Elon Musk and the NBA are fighting for the most frequently asked questions on part of the disruption. He finds a way to keep his name in the news, even when not nothing really that important is happening in his world. So I think it's just kind of a, a marketing ploy where he's like, okay, 
take your money. You can't buy me. I'll just make my own little advertisement by being an agent of chaos. There we go. Size four answers, everybody. Size four answers. All right, Steve, what about you? So I don't think this is the right decision. I don't think this is the right best for the shareholders, but I love it, right? Like I would love to be at a point where I can light $44 billion on fire or whatever his investment is in the Twitter, because that's what he's doing. The value of the company is directly tied to the amount of revenue you bring in and the revenue in from Twitter comes from the advertisements, right? So I love that he's a bastion for free speech. I love that he can speak his mind. Um, I love everything he's doing, but I don't think he's being a very, what's the word, a fiduciary to his shareholders. I don't think he's taking care of the people that he's supposed to take care of in that regard. He's got a bigger purpose. I love what he's doing. I just can't say it's necessarily the right thing. Uh Uh-oh. I think Elon is finally uh, falling out of favor for Steve. I think his man crush is over on him. No, man crush is still there. (laughs) There we go. Fantastic. Steve's reaffirming his love. All right, CJ, what about you? I mean, you know, guy seems a little unhinged at the moment. I mean, let's be realistic. I know Steve's a fan. Uh, I was once a big Elon guy as well, but I, I don't know that he's been doing very much of anything as of late. This made a lot of sense. Uh, it's just not being seen. Uh, to, to make that statement at his level, you know, he's got FU money. Right. So he can he's entitled to do that. He could do that. I like that about it. You know, being able to say what you want when you want. I get that. But uh, that's that's not his role. That's that's not what he should be doing. You know, he's got to answer to shareholders. That's the way he set up his business. He didn't decide to keep it private. You know, that's the job that he's got. That's the position that he's in. I think he's completely tanked Twitter uh, in the last 12 months. I guess you would call it X now. Um, and, and I think I think by the end of 2024, all the Elon supporters are going to be out of straws to grasp at, at telling us how much of a genius he still is uh, because it's not maybe that he's not, but he's just not operating it anymore. And I think at some point that's got to be said. There we go. Harsh reality. All right, Leon, what are your thoughts? I think one day Elon is going to have a press conference and he's going to unveil he's gonna pull off a mask and underneath that mask is gonna be kanye (laughs) (laughs) if you look at a graph of kanye and elon of their stock you put them right side by side at the beginning of their careers and they were both labeled geniuses and had some hits out of the gates like kanye's first couple albums were fire right elon has had, could do no wrong um and people start labeling you a genius and it's almost like that genius turns into mad scientist um i i don't actually you know i don't i'm not that smart i'm not that intelligent i i don't speak genius um i know there's a method there i'm not sure it's the right one um, but you know, when you have that type of money and that type of intelligence, I think sometimes you try things. Um, and in today's culture, he knows that even making a statement like that, he's going to lose certain investors or excuse me, certain investors, but also certain advertisers for X. 
but but he's probably also going to attract other people with free speech, you know, agendas, right? He's probably going to lose some and gain some. I can't say that it's sane, uh, but he it's it's hard to explain other than everything's to me his stock continues to go down can't explain so i had i had the opportunity to be at an event where one of elon's right hand guys was speaking and talking about some of the stories and i really think elon really hasn't changed the difference is now he has a larger magnifying glass on him right he's been crazy for a long time it's just now a lot more visible so uh again like listening to some of the stories it's just maddening to see how he makes some of these decisions because he makes bold decisions with some pretty significant risk and then the other thing too is that i look at this as an aspirational thing i look forward to the the day where i can't be canceled there are things i can't say today i can't because I have payroll. I got people I got to pay. I got people that depend on me. I love that Elon's in that realm of Dave Chappelle and some of these other guys where they can speak their mind freely. I'm envious, envious of that. I think that Elon Musk has been mis, like misidentified, right? Like in my, my purview, my perspective, I think he's like one of the greatest corporate raiders of all time. In the sense of like, Elon is not an inventor. Like he hasn't invented things. He's he's leveraged position and, and capital. And I think that's the real story of Elon Musk. I think somewhere down the line, we acted like he invented the Tesla technology. We acted like he invented the, the PayPal technology, the open AI technology. Elon Musk has done an incredible job of leveraging being a coder and getting in position he got a huge huge payday off of uh, paypal and instead of glowing and blowing it like most of his counterparts and enjoying the rest of his life uh, he started taking over early businesses that had great tech uh, and and we're seeing the results of that and so now he's isolated himself into a position where he's the star like he's the he's the shiny object uh, and i think we're starting starting to finally see uh that he's not the genius that we thought he was I would say, I would still say that he's a genius, but I think one of the things that, if there's anything to look back, he's been great at betting, right? Like he did an excellent job, again, with PayPal, with OpenAI, with uh, Tesla, with SpaceX, right? Like he's yeah. been really good at betting and Bet moving the things. Think. <laughs> well, Bet the but here's think. one thing we do know. All geniuses throughout history have been what? Misunderstood. And he's no different sometimes you're also just a misunderstanding yeah i mean he's kind of crazy though so i mean you can say you know he's a genius and he's misunderstood but i mean sometimes he just says things and it's like hey you you shouldn't yeah. have done that As yeah, a- sometimes you cut off your ear i mean that's right. that's what happens with genius right um we i can't I don't know the to the question. I can't necessarily explain why he did that. It doesn't make sense to me at all. Uh, but I'm sure, being a genius, he has a method 
of why to his madness. Look at, at Leon with the Van Gogh reference, man. I like the. I see you, man. I know. About culture, it. I like culture yeah, 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 I like it. I like that. He was there in fourth grade art. You didn't. You didn't like my <laughs> my pop culture uh, reference there with the. No, no, no. I'm just saying, like, if you actually know about Van Gogh, I don't. I don't know if you're there yet, RJ. But if you know about Van Gogh. <laughs> Um, like the, the actual, you know, like he was a guy who went who went crazy. Right? He was a guy who went mad, and, and it showed in his art. Like his genius showed through his. Are just making one of those faces oh. yet? You better, you better check. Make sure you're not on this naughty list. He's you know, when, I, when I looked at all of RJ's posters, when I looked at all of his posters that he got, like on like from five below, right? Like wasn't one of them. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's got, got a serial killer, killer look. He's got a serial killer look. Go confirm, for, confirm that for me, Leon. Doesn't he have that serial killer look right now? You study serial killers. <laughs> Here's what I'm going to say. <laughs> CJ gave a really good answer on this last one, so he's probably going to win. But I do want to point something out, and this is my last-ditch effort to try to steal the point, okay? <laughs> CJ talked so much this episode, but we're all so proud of you, buddy. You didn't say one time anything about marketing or affordable housing. Congratulations. It's the first time I'm barred in the disruption. You didn't bring up affordable housing. I By the way, what we did learn is that he needs to start. We need to start doing this show after 8 p.m. Remember in the old days, if you called <laughs> long distance after 8 p.m., you got it for free. Now that's the plan I got, bro. That's the plan I got, bro. You got to catch me after 9 p.m., dog. They they don't have fiber in uh, Richmond just quite yet, I guess. No, nah, 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 we don't, man. We <laughs> don't. Cards. All right, that that was good. Um, not gonna lie, uh, everybody had a great answer. I love that RJ is coming in with affordable housing uh, <laughs> reference there at the end. Like, <clears throat> you know, you made it really hard for me, RJ, to allow you to win this week. Uh, you know, so that being said, we're going to give the point to RJ just because he, he got the last dig in there. That being said, um, you know, it was a good show. It was a good show today. It was a, it was a good show as always. Everybody, uh, came with their a game, uh, love the, uh, the evil mask comment there, Leon of Kanye. That's legit right there. All right. It has been a lot of fun. I'm going to go ahead and do outros. We will start with a champion this week. RJ Bates, this, that, and the third. Go ahead and start out. Yeah, great episode, guys. Had a lot of fun, um, except for you, CJ. Don't really care for you very much. Um, on a different serious note, um, we do have one of our, our family members here um, missing in action. In fact, we haven't seen him in months. Um, Eric Brewer, if anybody knows where he is, can you please call 817-710-8689 and let us know where Eric Brewer is? Because none of us have seen him in months. So Should we yeah, call him Eric? No carton? Yeah, no carton. I mean, had, when was the last time Eric was on a part in the disruption? It's it's been it's been a hot minute. It has. Um, I don't I don't know if we do milk cartons in York, Pennsylvania. Somebody needs to do some recon on that for us. So that we can, so we can find our find our buddy there. Steve, All right. Did you fire Eric and not tell anybody? <laughs> Listen, let's focus on the matter at hand. <laughs> Yo. All right, Steve. Say bye to the people. Uh, man, great show, fun as always. Uh, appreciate uh, everyone's uh, comments. Uh, and then, if you guys are looking to, if you have some extra size four boots, 
or some extra Long John Silvers. Uh, just send them over to the Titanium. I don't even know what he calls it over there. Wow. But check it out. Let's help RJ as best we can. So thank you all. Fun week as always. Somebody needs to send him one of those, uh, what is it, that anti-choking device. You know, he'll just pull it out of his back pocket. There we go. That's what That's what we need. Um, all right, CJ, say bye to the people. Bye to the people. Much love. Uh, always a good time with you guys, man. Uh, had a good time. These great questions today. I think a lot of great responses across the board. Uh, 7 p.m. tonight, Eastern time. Start flipping deals.com. Make sure you tune in. <laughs> Yo, my wife just said free turkeys, Velveeta, and pumpkin pie for anyone that can locate Eric. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> All right, Leon, say bye to the people. I love that. CJ doesn't do ever doesn't do a webinar before 5 p.m. He's got to get it in free hours after eight episodes. No doubt. No doubt. Um, thankful as always following a uh, week following thanksgiving to be with uh, each of you and everyone that's watching uh, i did have proof of life uh, usually you prove proof of life with a newspaper uh, that's how they did it back in the old days but i will say this shout out to york i sent this i do have proof of life because i sent this to eric on sunday do you guys know that the fed uh, chairman jerome powell was in york pa this past week, um, looking at inflation and talking to business owners in York. So who knew? York, first capital of the U.S., and apparently right now the, the hub for the federal government to look at inflation. So shout out to York and, uh, and EB. And, and last but not least, I'm going to start ending uh, these shows with my favorite line of, uh, of the show. Uh, and today's favorite line by far easily is shout out to seasoning. I, I That is going to be a t-shirt. <laughs> shout out to seasoning. From here on out, we're going to wear it every Thanksgiving. Good being with you guys. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah. Now I got to lie. Uh, love that uh, Leon let us know that Powell's in York, Pennsylvania, trying to learn how to do novations from our buddy <laughs> EB over there. That's great. The government could use a he, few novations. He's going to novate the White House. No big deal. <laughs> Well said. But yeah, it was a pleasure uh, hosting today. Always good to get back after a holiday. Uh, see my four and eh, three friends up there. Um, you know, we hope that all of you enjoyed being here as well. We will see you again next week. Thanks for tuning in with us.